welcome, dear listener, to Xbox Week number two. This is the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show, and my name is Alon. And my name's Ara. So, we're recording on Tuesday again. Last week, exactly one week ago, Microsoft announced, I mean, we all knew it was coming, right? But they, they unveiled the Xbox One, and that's pretty much all we talked about last week. You know what uh, they didn't do last week? No. Uh, buy the required domain names. Um, I... I think the name was already taken, if you're you getting at what I think you are. You are quite right. Yeah, so they just sort of missed the boat uh, in advance. It's because they didn't want to re- release or reveal the name. Yeah, I find that funny. Anyway, that aside, that's. I wonder what's going to happen to it, by the way, because... Well, apparently they're, they're going to some like American arbitration uh, entity to um, rest... It's from its previous holders. I don't know if them. I think they're going to WIPO, and I don't know if that's American. It might be. I don't. Oh. I just don't know. Well, that's not the report I heard. But yeah. Anyway, uh, they don't necessarily get it back. It depends if the guy bought it in bad faith. So what I what I read was that there actually nobody's doing anything with those domains right now. They're just parked. So um, in most cases, I would be very upset um, because, for example, uh, I cannot have Sherinian dot com. Yeah. Because um, some bastard, uh, what are they called other than bastards? Domain squatter? Domain squatters, yes. Uh, They're like holding it ransom for like a sum of like several thousand dollars, which of course no one will pay ever, including me. I offered them 20. $20? $20. Nice. You know, that's less than the amount of money they've paid for it, right? Probably. And uh, if I can... Also, get them to spend about five more dollars of uh, their money talking to me. Right. That also satisfies. I would. Me. I would happily spend a couple thousand dollars on a lawn. dot com. It yeah, changed hands. You get four letters. Okay, Sherinian. What about Ara? There's Ara. dot com. If you yeah. can get that. Well, okay. Look, it's not that important to me. <laughs> I'd rather have my car than a website. Yeah, but yeah. you know. I would happily buy it. Alon.com was owned by – like it, it has changed hands since I've been alive. You've been tracking how much this. was paid. Yeah, it used to be owned by like some Pittsburgh-based metal company or something. And now it's like for sale, just listed with a for sale sign from like a Korean uh, domain selling site. Although it might have changed since then. It's been a while since I've looked. Um, but because it's Korean, like I don't even know how to – how to request a price. I have yeah, no idea. No, nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back to games, there is a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know where to start, but there's lots more about Xbox. We got a, an email from uh, Scotty in Toronto. I think he might be Fopo Gijo. I can't keep track of our Yeah, friends. it's Fopo. Is it? Why Fopo? don't we start with his letter? Because I actually rather liked it. Okay. Um, also, though, I should point out, there, there was something else. Uh, Anita, I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, I, watched, yeah. I watched volume two. There's well, I that. watched the first three minutes of her volume two of women and games and whatever. I have to whine about that. That was probably um, several $10,000 of production right there. Yeah, right? Her just standing in front of a camera, sitting even. Um, anyway, we'll, we might get to that later. But uh, but what Fobo sends us is is in two parts. First of all, last week we had mentioned the, the D-pad on the Xbox, and he brought up a great point, right? Because the D-pad is now across on the new Xbox One. Stylized cross. Yeah. I might add. But he points out that the patent that Nintendo had expired in 2005. Now, I haven't confirmed this, but I'm going to assume he's correct since I believe a patent is only 17 or 20 years long. Sounds about right. And uh, 
and yeah, Nintendo would have patented it sometime around 85. So it makes sense. That might be why they're able to use it. I don't know. Good, good to hear, though, that patents are actually running out, not like Disney's copyrights, which just go on forever. Um, then he talks about this idea that, I guess, Wired wrote an article, um, which I just looked at briefly, scanned a little bit, about how consoles are basically dying, um, essentially stating that the economics of consoles, meaning a hardware manufacturer making the console, getting all their license fees, doing all the marketing, all the stuff that goes into um, R&D development. Well, I guess that's part of R&D, right? So it goes into R&D marketing um, and, and continued operations is actually not profitable. And they cite Sony as an example of you know their entertainment le- division losing a bunch of money. Um, I might argue that it's not necessarily the PlayStation 3's fault and it's Sony brass in general. Well, they do of other course, things. it's, you know, I mean, consoles don't kill people. <laughs> other people do. Well, okay, so... But I'm actually... I, the one other thing I want to say about this is I'm actually kind of miffed that this article exists because I pretty much thought it was common knowledge that the whole deal with the game business ever since 85 and thereabouts was that you spend a ton of money... You make a loss on the hardware and you make it back on the software and you hope that you make way more on the software. And the funny thing is, is that this has been uh, it's funny because now it's being framed almost as if it's like been going like we've been fine and stable. And then now suddenly there's something really unstable and cataclysmic that's about to happen. But this has been brewing for over a decade the the corporations have just figured out ways to uh, make enough hits to keep this model going. And it's only now that they're getting scared that they've run out of uh, what I feel like is like new faddish things to get everyone to buy to keep this model going. Are you talking about how like the, they added the connect and, and all that just to get – Well, yeah, like that's one thing, system? right? And it's not just a hardware thing. I mean I'm just talking about like industry-wide behavior. Like if you if you look at – because I've been spending like I've been spending a lot of time just looking at like historical like game sales charts and things like that, and if you look at kind of like the aggregate amount of like what everything is selling in the console side, you know, okay, so like in '06, uh, we somewhere around '06 thereabouts, give or take a year, you know, we've like experienced like massive, unprecedented, retarded growth. Okay, so retarded that. You would look if you looked at it on the mat on the line. You would be like, okay, this line is just going straight up. Basically, there's like compared to the angle it was at before. There's no way this is sustainable. And of course, oh six. Uh, let's like fast forward to like oh nine, right? Um, and it's leveled off a bit. Not leveled off. It tanked immensely. But basically, once the and that we were kind of like on the back end of that kind of tanking. And what's happened is that like. People started basically saying, oh, well, you know, games are going to die. We're going to die. And this is continuing this, like, framing of, like, yeah, regular console games are going to die. And if you look at the trend, right, it's almost like what actually just happened to, like, Apple over the past six months, which is there's kind of, like, a pretty steady, like, linear upward trend. And then in the middle of that, there's this huge bump, 
right? That looks like it shouldn't be there. And on the other side of that, it's still strictly higher than it was when we started. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah. it's a bubble. It's so a this is just a, mar- a market correction. It's a, yeah. That and and what upsets me is that it's like nobody is talking about this. Nobody is uh, saying no. This is what it is. Everyone is just like, oh, it's going down real fast. Let's completely ignore well, everything. But, other but than you're the also past looking year. at one side of the equation without the other. So costs have gone up as well, right? Like it costs well, yeah. more to produce a, a console now than it used to because well, they are I more mean, advanced you're relative right. to the. You're totally right. It's you know maybe the margins truly are getting squeezed even more than they were before. But my point is, is that like this is not. I hope that this isn't being framed or people aren't taking this as like something new and surprising because it's been brewing for a while. I feel like it has. I, I just think it's crazy. I can't fathom how. So so let's let's describe for the the listeners who might not know. Very simply put, you make a video game system like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. You release it onto the masses, and you have a certain set of rules around it, right? You know how your Xbox game won't run in your PlayStation Three. Well, aside from the fact that it wouldn't physically run, they also wouldn't allow it to run, uh, and. They make rules that say it will only run. This game will only run an hour machine, and for the right to make a game that will run an hour machine, you have to pay us money. Right? That's right. what the license is. It's Xbox license or Nintendo licensed or whatever. Um, so that's pay, another way that they recoup the the big bucks. Yeah. Well, that is the primary way. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, I guess you could say that. In fact, that's 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 the reason they do this. Well, the only reason why I'm saying otherwise is because, you know, Microsoft especially has done a lot of really profitable things themselves that they obviously they don't have and nobody's licensing from them like the Connect. Yeah, but and also and like well, XBLA, I guess that's another license right. Xbox Live people yeah. pay for. Although yeah. there's a lot of costs that go into that too. But um anyway, so the license fee is not small. It's not like $5 a game or something. It's like on the order of half the cost of your games. It's huge. And it's always been huge. Oh yeah. So like I don't know what the exact number is, but let's say you're paying for a $60 game, it's something like 30 or $40 for the license fee, right? So it's no trivial amount. So when a Halo, for instance, sells 10 million copies, and I'm sure it's sold more than 10 million copies, like every iteration of it, um, that is hundreds of millions of dollars, which is not a trivial amount of money, uh, brought in by the company by a single game. And on top of that, it doesn't matter what the cost of the game is. So you think of like Square, all right? Square is having trouble with money, and they're making some changes in how they operate. I just read about that this morning. They have huge teams of people, just like lots of other developers, huge teams of people making games. The costs are gigantic. It might cost them $100 million to make a game. And then they sell the game, and hopefully they make their money back. Maybe not. It doesn't matter to Microsoft and to Sony. It does not matter how much money it costs to make it. Only how many copies sold. That's true. They're, they're in a precious position because uh, they, will, they can profit off of the misfortunes of other companies. Either. Well, not necessarily the misfortune. I mean, they want them to do well. Well, sure. Because then you sell but, more copies. But, no, my point is that another company can lose money, and they could still pull oh, yeah. profit. They make Exactly. Right. Not to mention, you want to release an update for your game on X- through Xbox Live. Yeah, you're going to have to money. pay like I don't know, fifty grand or ten grand it's, or yeah, something just to have it looked at. It's a lot. Um, so anyway, it doesn't matter. Like there are no costs of development associated with the licensing fees. A disc sells, they make their money, True. and it might be that like a value game, they make less money on whatever. But most games sell for sixty bucks. So I have no idea what the numbers are. But if a AAA title, some blockbuster 
sells $10 million around the globe, by the way, not just in the U.S., let's say 10, 10 million copies, I mean, in one year, how many titles are doing that? So they probably sell 100 million copies. They're making $40 a piece or something like that. $4 billion. Like, it's hard to, to say they don't make money. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, we're back. The Shatterbox. Video Game Radio. And this economics lesson is brought to you by UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Please uh, do us a solid and check them out. Also, by the way, just a thank you to, uh, to Fopo for sending this email our way. He, uh, he wrote an article relevant to this particular subject. I think he takes the point of view that is opposed to ours, but uh, it's on PCPer.com. That's P-C-P-E-R, like PC Perspective. So if you want to read what he had to say about this, you can do this at pcper.com. By, by the way, I want to say um, Fobo's letter is a, I think this is a model letter. The types of things people should send us. Because it's, now, at first glance, you might think that a model letter for Aura is a letter that talks about how awesome Aura is and how great we are and how much they love the show. Oh, no, that's and, not what this is. And as much, as much as I love that, and as much as I also love um, the hate mail, that is not in, neither of those. They're equally uninteresting. Um, but Fopo, I mean, he actually raises to, to that the patent stuff, new information to inform a previous topic that we. By the way, I'm covered. embarrassed we didn't know it, but new information nonetheless. But, well, one cannot know everything, so that yeah. is a beautiful thing. And the second thing is that he actually like raised some interesting things. Now I want to ask him just a side note: How's your mayor doing? Because uh, there's some shenanigans with the Toronto mayor, totally off the subject. But I'm curious what he thinks of that situation. He should email us. That. Video game related? Not one bit. But okay. their mayor apparently is a total buffoon, and it's hilarious. To what read. a surprise! I can't remember what I was reading about it, but apparently he's like just doing all sorts of things that are actually criminal <laughs> and getting caught. So, well, I come from funny. DC, so yeah. <laughs> so you're used to that. <laughs> I mean, is right. it worse so, than Marion Barry? I. I want to finish up very quickly, not wasting too much more time. It's unfathomable to me that these manufacturers do not make just ridiculous amounts of money um, when a hundred million copies of games are sold on an annual basis. And that number is a super rough number. I have no idea what they really, how many are actually sold. Um, There's nothing they could do, no amount of money they could spend that could make that not profitable. Unless you take into account other things like Sony, which is basically hemorrhaging money year after year, 
but Sony has a million other things in play, not just the PlayStation brand. Yeah, well, I guess and they're I losing money like, on the PlayStation brand as well. I feel like they have a million other things that are even doing worse than PlayStation. Yeah, there's movies apparently cost a lot of money to make. I also don't understand how they lose money, but apparently even big movies that everybody goes to see lose money, which makes me think the movie industry wouldn't exist anymore. But it does. Well, you I don't know. know. What? I feel like that's kind of like that proposition with like these big budget games. It's like they. They notice that when a when a game or even a movie like really hits, it's almost as if it didn't matter how much you spent on it, right? And so I feel like they're like, well, we just pour a shit ton of money into this, and uh, it'll just make so much back that it didn't matter. But I digress. Yeah. Anyway, um, I suspect consoles are very much alive, and if they fail, it's because people don't know how to manage money. I. Yeah, I feel like the whole, like, it's just, like, it's really popular to say now consoles are dying. And, of course, with these shenanigans that uh, Microsoft is uh, pulling right now, which uh, I think we should segue into in a moment, uh, it's no wonder why everybody is talking like that. Yeah, so we didn't really know what was happening last week, right? And a lot has come up since then for discussion. Uh, We had quite a lively discussion on on our Facebook page about this. I don't know if people are visiting that page. It might uh, be helpful if I gave out the correct page (laughs) rather than the incorrect one like I did last week and probably several times before. Uh, But Chatterbox Video Game Radio, well, Facebook slash, um, that's that's where you find us, not Chatterbox Game Show, which I've said. So in other words, it's different than our URL. I I could not decide what to call it. Anyway, Chatterbox Video Game Radio is our Facebook page. One day I'll put it on our website. Um, yeah. So one thing we were concerned about is the always-on thing. And another is how to deal with used games. And I, I got into this discussion on our page and also um, a friend of mine who's been on the show before, uh, Wes, he called, and we just sort of chatted about this for a while. And I don't know how much you've been following the page. Well, I have information about um, the always-on and the used games, so let's do these one at a time. Okay, first let me tell you what he and I speculated before the news about how it's actually going to be handled came out. Which, things being on or selling things uh, as used, you Used games specifically is what we talked about, the use and the borrowing of games. Yeah. So we didn't know what was actually going to happen, but he brought up, you know, if there's some way to deauthorize the game, he got into a much more complicated system, like when you bring it to GameStop and they have a connection to some database and then they can deauthorize your account. And I was like, no, how about this? If the games are unique, oh, he brought up this point, because I didn't believe that unique discs were being made because I figured that would be a giant production hassle. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Apparently, that is being done with some PlayStation 3 games already. Games that have, like, you know, when you when you put in your PS3, you get an automatic download from the disc of the, like, PlayStation Vita version, but it creates a license that's only to your account. So you can put it on your Vita. Um Okay, so production problem solved. Apparently that exists, and I can't imagine it being... I mean, I guess they could develop a system to just make a unique code on every disk, so uh, maybe. I mean, uh, thanks, so I don't have to enter the code uh, digit by digit, I guess. But I said, well, if the game's unique, then I don't need some special database at GameStop. It's just like, any time the disk enters a new console, then it should deauthorize the account of the old one. I'm putting it on this new system. It doesn't belong on the old one. Yeah. You That's know, it, have, which explains why it needs to be connected 24, every 24 it's hours. It's funny that you're talking like this because uh, I have actually a story from game politics that outlines 
specifically a similar scenario. Well, this is what we speculated on, or what we what we said would make it not totally horrible. And then my argument also is it extends beyond that. If you're offline and you have the disk, that should act to authenticate it offline. So maybe every 24 hours it asks you to keep the disk in. Or just if you're offline, the disk is required to be present, right? That's That would be fine with me. That would make it perfectly analogous to what exists today. If you have your disk, you can play the game. If you don't have the disk, you can't play the game. But yeah. this is the new system would just give you the option of, well, if you're online, you don't even need the disk. It would be added advantage. Rather than taking something away, which is what we think is going to happen. So anyway, that's what I said would be the perfect scenario. And uh, now you can tell us what's actually going to happen. Okay, so this is real funny because um, this game politics story actually pretty much outlines what you described, uh, particularly the part where um, retailers are basically going to like agree to um, – well, I'll just read you this quote. That's the best way. So once again, this is game politics saying this. When you sell an Xbox One game, Microsoft and the publisher of the game will get a cut of the profits. While the retailer can sell the game for whatever price it likes, it would have to take into account that it now has to share whatever profits it makes with both Microsoft and the publisher. So Microsoft's going to charge an activation fee. And uh, their sources, uh, MCB and Eurogamer, say that users are going to pay for that at retail and not when first using the game on their console. And that basically it's just like in the process of the used game market, now there's like this sum that's being added somewhere in this economy. So this won't work, what you're describing. I don't – well, tell me why you don't think it will work. There's a very, very clear reason, uh, which I'll explain in a second. But also I'm not sure that that is actually how it will work. And neither – is Microsoft because Microsoft responds while there have been many potential scenarios discussed, we have only confirmed that, and this really irks me. We have designed Xbox one to enable our customers to trade in and resell games at retail. Beyond that, we have not confirmed any specific scenarios. Like thank you, Microsoft for enabling this functionality What are we to do without your prowess in being able to enable this for us? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? So I, I think it's actually going to work the way I just described, and here's why. I'm still – okay. I'm going to steam here about the retarded word use, and go ahead. That's fine. Uh, GameStop is not necessarily a middleman. I can sell my game to you, period. That's why it won't work. In normal real life. Yeah, what I, I could, think this I could is take saying, my disc and hand it to you, and there would not be GameStop in the middle, and you don't have access to whatever methods or right. But the other part, the other part that this has that um, I left out because it was I alluded to what you were describing before is that they are saying that they're actually going to keep track of like who has what, so that if you uh, you can't sell a game, the implication with this scenario is you can't sell a game private party because Microsoft won't know that the quote license has been transferred to another party. That can only be done through a retailer. So if they wanted to do that, there's another way to do it. And that is that in order to assign it to a new console, you have to wipe the license. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. Either it goes to GameStop, and GameStop pays a fee to wipe, 
right. essentially, and then resell it. So, right. so behind the scenes, that fee has been paid. Right. Although, hopefully, they would only pay it once they sell the game, not when they buy the game from a consumer. But that's sure. a detail. And if it doesn't go through GameStop and it just goes between me and you, then the option could be, oh, this game's licensed somewhere else. If you want to change the license, you have to pay a fee. So not always, not like if you buy from GameStop, but if you do it outside of you know, where yeah, the system is Then you is managed, pay Microsoft. Then you do pay a fee. However, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't understand. I don't think anybody, any consumer would agree to this. I, I really think that this will be uh, at the very best – I mean, I know people, it's very easy to say you'll boycott and you never boycott. And I know that happens. But I feel like if this actually happens this way, that there's just going to be a lot smaller of an economy. People are just going to be a lot discouraged to get new stuff. If this happened, I might actually be encouraged to say, you know what? I'm not going to participate in that. I'm just not going to do it. And then we would have a show for years that we just don't talk about Xbox on because we don't play their games. I'd be like, all right, I guess this is the decision to get the PS4, and I accept not having Xbox Live anymore. Well, um, um, I don't know, know if I would really do it. If you wanted to do that, um, that's cool. I'd be totally but, down with that, and that's uh, very valuable. So. We'll be right back. So here's the thing about what we were just saying. What's that? It wouldn't even affect me, right? Because I would never buy used games because I, I just almost never buy games in the first place. And if I buy used, I'm, I'm rarely buying it. So you're saying that you wouldn't really style. boycott. You're just No, you're I'm, just like I'm saying idea. that I wouldn't – I would be a user yeah. for which like there would be no real reason to boycott. And I would do it almost just on premise. Right, which I guess is the main reason people boycott things in the first place. Well, it's the main principle. It's the main reason why people say they boycott and then don't boycott. But I suppose, yeah. But if I did, it would be just basically out of spite. Right? There'd, yeah. There'd be it, no... Doesn't it foster such feelings? Yeah. So that's from deep inside, and that's one reason I don't think. I think they're just going to make it the way I I said, where it just you put it in a new system, it deauthorizes. That's it. And so you can trade games with friends. You can let them borrow it for three months. They can give it back. Um, you can buy it at a GameStop, whatever. And they're not going to try and just milk money at a GameStop. Yeah. Now, there's something else that's going on here. And this is why, uh, I mean, I said it last show and you were really skeptical. But I feel even more strongly now that in some weird way, Microsoft is just kind of trying to see what they can get away with. And this is why I think... Even more strong. Testing the waters with these vague announcements? Yeah, because last show, I quoted you all a quote from uh, Phil Harrison talking about like the whole 24-hour, like it's got to check in every 24 hours and you don't have to actually be online, right? Yeah. And by that like combination of details, basically the reality is like effectively 
uh, you're screwed and you have to have a constant internet connection. But like pedantically, uh, no, you could like have not have one like for like 23 and a half hour intervals every 24 hour. Right. Yeah. So now Polygon interviewed a Microsoft rep and basically contradicted what Phil Harrison said. Here's what this Microsoft person said. Where Phil discussed many potential scenarios around games on Xbox One. Today, we have only confirmed that we designed Xbox One to enable our customers to trade. Oh, my God. Wait. This is the same thing as the used game stuff. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then after that, they say there have been reports of a specific time period – uh, with regards to when you will have to be online, uh, at which interval. Those were discussions of potential scenarios, but we have not confirmed any details today, nor will we be. I'm really curious where these numbers come from. Like, how do these get reported? No, no. You know what this is? This is PR damage control. I cannot fathom this any other way. Wait, where did the 24-hour number come from? Like, someone reported it. It came from Phil Harrison's mouth. Well, then I don't know how we could be faulted for saying that, for for reporting on that, we being everybody. Yeah. Um, no, you can't because this is, um, this is some insane – if this isn't enough insane doublespeak for you, how about a little bit more? So our uh, – the wonderful uh, Microsoft president, Don Matrick um, – he reiterated that gamer and that now this is very careful like listen to this carefully he reiterated that the players don't need to be always connected to play games which we've already established has nothing to do with the real issue right because of this weird interval thing and he said no you don't always have to be connected uh, he's t- telling this to GameSpot gamers can calm down We've got you covered. Like, oh, thank you, Don Matrick, for reassuring me that you've got me covered. Whatever on God's green earth that combination of words means. <laughs> yeah. We, you've got me covered? How have you got me covered? What does that mean? You've got all my money covered? You're covered in all of my money? What's funny to me is you know that they have all sorts of discussions about keeping things private. And then the day comes when they can announce these things. It's like, all right, now you can talk. But these are the things you can talk about. This, so they this, talked about things we could talk about, yeah. or they could, and somehow it still created all of these problems. I don't know, but this, this statement by Don Matrick, this is zero information. This is, this is nothing more than basically him, him basically giving a huge fuck you to every single consumer and saying, you know what? Uh, every single thing I say is disingenuous, and you, we don't have any credibility – and uh, we're going to give you double speak and reassure you while uh, doing whatever we want to do. That's what he's saying. Okay. That's, so. Yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm I don't with like, you. I don't I like agree. this, Alon. I don't <laughs> like this one bit. Well, you know, E3 is in just a couple of weeks. I don't actually think I'm going to go this year, which is crazy because I totally wanted to go. But I have another big trip planned for like the very next week. Um, so I'm not going to be able to go. But 
They're going to talk about it. There's going to be more details. And <laughs> we're going to find out. <laughs> whether they'll, they'll clarify and or confuse is yet to be determined. My, my internal debate here is whether or not they're going to attack these issues publicly or if they're just going to, you know, mention it only in tiny press. Like, I want them to talk about it on the friggin' stage. Explain what's going on. Here's how it works. Like, that would be a great thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, let's let's return to having a culture of here's how it works. Like, that would be really wonderful. <laughs> God in, forbid, right? In the whole world, right? There, okay, so. I got connect after this, but I don't know if, like, this is like I'm getting so hot and heavy here. I don't know if we want to I was going to ask if we want to move on to totally different topics or stick yeah. with this. Well, let's let's take a break with something a little less agonizing for me. So, But then we have to come back to connect, and then I'll get fired up again. Okay, so to to break the monotony of the Microsoft stuff, um, I'll report on this. So I just watched a little uh, Kickstarter video from the guys who made Neverhood. Do you remember this game? No. So it was on PlayStation. It was stop motion. Was this the claymation thing with like this weird... It was like point-and-click adventure. I I never really played it, so I can't talk about it much, but I know it was... Ducks involved? Well, they had big bills in there. I think the the main character had a bill in his face. Yeah, Yeah. I vaguely remember that. But not ducks. Anyway, um, they... So it's like a four-minute, hey, guys, we want to make this new stop-motion game, and we're really experienced artists, and just goes on to basically show some of the footage they've put together so far and talk about how they want to make this game. Like three dudes, basically, and they have some voice actors, whatever. But what's interesting to me about this, and you know, I, I'm not the first person to say this or to realize it, but Kickstarter is making things possible that wouldn't be possible before. They ended this video with basically... This is true. You know, guys, this game, won't, it wouldn't be made by a big publisher. Like, the only way to make it happen is this way. Like, if you guys want this game, we're turning to our fans. If you want it, um, this is how to do it. It's not going to happen any other way. Now, first of all, I think they're kind of weaseling out. They could get it made if they wanted to. Neverhood was popular. They could find somebody to do it, somebody to fund it. Um, or, well, I don't know, look, talk to Notch. He would do it. Look, I don't know um, how much money all these people have, but I do know that, uh, like, Douglas Tenable, I don't know how much money he has, but he was one of the guys, and he was, like, the Earthworm Jim guy. And, um, look, I don't have a lot of money, but if I really was motivated enough, like, I could dump my life savings into towards something. And those people have way more money than I do. I can be ass- I can rest assured. And so, um, I don't know, maybe they're playing a little bit of lip service, but I'm sure they could, they, they, I mean, you don't, you don't want to sink your own money into things like that, but I'm sure they could if they really, really believed yeah. in it that much. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak down to his, his efforts here. I, I don't, I am not at all, actually. So I don't, but, I want to be clear about that. And I don't actually know yeah. anything about him so other than he's a badass. It's, it's a little bit much to say it would never be made, but essentially that's what he's saying. And I, I agree with the sentiment. I mean, the chances of this getting pushed by a major publisher are, are very small. small. And don't use your own money. Yeah. and um, It's like the producers. Have but you it, seen the producers? Uh, I haven't actually seen it. Okay, well, it's like that. Anyway, anyway it's, it's just, it's nice to see that there's the, this thing that's been really popular called Kickstarter, which is allowing things to happen that wouldn't otherwise happen. It's happening in all sorts of places. This, by the way, is being said while I wear my Pebble on my wrist, right? The most popular Kickstarter. You know what's funny? Pebble Watch. To me, though, and it actually, works. I want to. I'm really curious about what your perspective on this is. 
I get the impression that there's a lot of Kickstarters are not really meeting their deadlines because um, nobody ever meets any deadlines. But that's, now this is true. even worse because of the way it's funded. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of um, a lot of people who aren't professional getting getting uh, their hands on more money than they ever thought possible. No, that's my point is that even professionals, especially in game development, always miss deadlines. Yeah. Well, it's because it's basically art. Art doesn't yeah. really hit, hit deadlines reason, often. For and, sure. Um, but these guys, like the, the time where I st- you know, sit up and take notice of, of Kickstarters because they get put on blogs and whatever all the time, it's when people have a proven track record. And these guys have made real things. They've made you know, what looks like real uh, video for this game, which is you know, it's pretty arduous to make stop motion footage. Um, yes. they, they've done a good job so far. It so is. So, I mean, they're they're sort of proving themselves. Just like with the like the Pebble Kickstarter, the only reason I I kickstarted that was because they made a watch already. Like they knew how to do it to some extent. I wouldn't have done it if they were just like, hey, I've got this idea. But they proved themselves, and uh, and now I have it, even though it was delayed by some ridiculous amount of time. Um, anyway, it's good that these things happen. And what is more interesting to me is after we were just talking about the cost of games and how we know the cost of games has gone up over time, right? this particular game, I'm guessing, is being made for about the same amount of money as The Neverhood because why wouldn't it? Right? They're not employing technology that didn't exist in the PlayStation era. Yeah, probably. Except maybe nicer cameras, right? But um, the development, if anything, is probably easier with newer software that's out and better middleware and all that stuff. I bet they could make this for less than they made Neverhood for and um and have the same audience right and the same uh profit potential in fact more because the games cost more these days possibly is, is actually an interesting side note that they can make more money off of it although actually they, they, i guess they talked about this being pc and mac prices have will probably go down for this sort of thing but um yeah, well, anyway. the thing is, though, like, right, like a game of this scope nowadays is a fifteen dollar game and is not a full price game. Exactly. So. This is this. I'm guessing is a thirty dollar Steam purchase. Yeah, uh, I think you're being optimistic, but that's cool. No, I mean it's a big, it's a big game that looks nice. But that, that's another point, by the way. It, this could be put on Steam without a publisher. Right? They wouldn't need some big publisher. There's the manufacturing costs don't exist. Um, they don't need a whole lot of marketing because of the internet these days. Whereas you know making discs and all that was necessary back in the days of the PlayStation. So, true that. Anyway, we'll be back, I guess, to complain more about the Xbox One right after this. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? 
Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain, lead, manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back for the last time this week. It's Chatterbox. Act four. Chatterbox uh, sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology and their website, uat.edu. They, by the way, I'm sure will get an Xbox One and not boycott it. But I'm unsure what will happen with the discs after they put them on the hard drive <laughs> at the school. Oh, well, and what happens if they put them in the library where you can borrow games and try to play them on your own machine what the heck no, happens? can't borrow games. can't do anything. Yeah. So you could borrow the game from the university library, and then until the next time someone oh, takes it out, just, you've got it. It's just too complicated. Until they do, at which point you are out a game. This is, you know... If it works the way I thought it does. You know what happens now? Like, this is before it's gotten... Before any of these complications that we're speculating about. You know what happens now is... I'm like, oh, you know what, like, Alon, you've got, um, I don't know, some game that's on XBLA, like the, like, what's one that you pay money for, like, uh, Braid. Braid, okay. So I'm like, yeah, you know what, I want to play, like, no, 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 let's not do that. Let's say, like, I want to, like, play my game that, uh, my Cinemora game and bring it over to your house, right? But it's digital only, so... Uh, a long time ago, I tried that, and I tried like you know because I got you got to do the weird like transfer thing with the profile, so you have your credentials. Yeah. Which, by the way, I got to hand it to Microsoft; they made that way easier now. It only takes like two seconds. Okay, so that's that is good because what I have done in response to um, the horrendous result I got when I tried it is um, I'm just I don't I'm not going to try it anymore because it actually like locked me out of getting into my profile back on my regular original console oh. well, uh, for some time. And it was, it was really unpleasant. And also like you just had no idea what was going on. I now no longer hesitate to log in on someone else's machine. Cause it doesn't take half an hour to download your profile anymore. So anyway, there's that right. Then there's the other thing where like, well, what did we have to do? Like download the whole game again. You do have to do that. Of course yeah, you have to do that. Okay. So all of these things combine, uh, in my life to the result of, okay, it's just too much of a hassle. Forget it. If that's just too much of a hassle now, can you just imagine what is going to happen later with borrowing? It's just, it's just weird. Well, it's just too much of a pain. But when in you the borrow, ass. you borrow a disc. Like if you're, when it comes down to digital, digital downloads, games on demand. Yeah. yeah, you don't borrow those games because it takes so long, but that's why they still have the optical drive because they can't transmit so many you know, gigabytes through, uh, through the internet in, in today's model. But by next generation, we'll have fiber to the houses. Yeah. Everyone will be, just, be able to download fast. It's just so weird. And the problem, the problem is, is not that like, 
see, we're not just like moving into this world of digitalness. We're moving into a world where things that used to be operate used to operate in real world, like me physically maneuvering a disc from my console to my friends. Now this is happening through software. And the thing that people, I think, aren't panicking enough about is that when software does it, things break in ways that you did not expect. That that does not happen. When that happens in the real world, you trip on the way to your friend's house. When it happens in the software world, the consequences are potentially multiplied intensely. And I'm let me tell you, I'm so proud of myself for having saved this till the end because this is this is going to blow away any of the other things we've complained about so far. Okay, I wonder if it's if I know what it is already. Well. Why don't you guess? Well, you've already said it's Connect. It is Connect. Right. Well, you've said yes. it's, you've said it's Connect, but specifically, is it the Germany thing? Okay, it's that has something to do with it. So, something about the Connect that people are not reporting on that I've not found, not directly anyway. Um, there's a uh, Wire did a few videos so showing some Connect demo footage, and. On some of this footage, which uh, at least as of last week was freely available, um, they show some screens of the Connect with some debug information, and they never directly talk about this. But uh, I have a, I wrote down a list of things that the Connect uh, debug output uh, thinks that it can detect. Would you like to know what these are? Yes, I would. I thought so. So uh, one of them is that it can detect your expression. So. So far, we know that it can recognize a smiling face and a neutral face. They, that's the only faces they made on the video, so we don't know. But presumably, an upset face, maybe angry face, maybe... I hope uh, Stephen Hawking course. doesn't try to play these games. Well, yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, I think he has better things to do with his life. Anyway, uh, here's another expression that uh, there's a variable uh, that can... It's called engaged. And so the game decides whether you are engaged or not engaged. It's a true or false variable. Okay. Okay. There's another one that's called looking away, true or false. There's another one called talking. So they know when you are talking. There's another one called mouth moved. There's another one called mouth open. They know if you have glasses. And they know if they can see your left eye or right eye. Anything else? Uh, So far, no. That's all I got. So so why does this bother you? This bothers me because I don't want anyone to know these things about me because they can automatically now collect all kinds of information about uh, what you're doing. And about your O-face? What's yeah, the big deal? about my O-face. I don't, I don't want them to know any of these. Well, you, know, you can you, just cover the camera then. You know what? Or turn it to the wall. Well, look, like I said, I'm going to be uh, – when I get this thing, I'm going to be putting a tape over the camera lens. That's for sure. Because the other thing that's really weird, right? And I guess it's not that weird. But here's, here's the, the German stuff, right? Is uh, – so apparently uh, another one of the things that Microsoft is saying is that you have to have the camera plugged in at all times for the console to function. Yes. Okay. Also, I believe it has independent processing, so it can be on while the Xbox is off. Yes, which is uh, super scary to me. And as you alluded to, uh, Germany's federal commissioner, Peter Scharr, 
he's actually the federal commissioner for data protection and freedom of information. I love these Germans because Peter says the fact that Microsoft could potentially spy on my living room is merely a twisted nightmare. How well said by the Germans. You know, I could go to the store and buy a Microsoft snooping device for, you know, just a device that allows them to snoop on me. That is the express purpose. I could buy that. Or I could choose not to buy that and not plug it in. So I don't know what their problem is with this. Well, well, look, I mean, be assured, it's merely a twisted nightmare. I so guess he's, not re- it- he's not representing that we'll actually have any um, ill effect from it or anything uh, yeah. any violated by any way. I, but- I could counter my own argument pretty easily, right? Yeah. I, but it's just, look, look, I mean... Microsoft, I mean, they're, they're only – probably they're only collecting aggregate information. But the real threat here is that uh, – I, I don't know how aware you are of how easily and how many uh, hackers there are hacking into people's webcams. But uh, now there are TVs that come with cameras that are on all the time and hackers have hacked through those. And hackers will be hacking through this software through the Xbox because it is software and it is susceptible and it is not secure, just like all the other cameras that everybody has. And that's what really scares me. That's an interesting point. So we should uh, market a home 3D printed lens cover <laughs> that you simply remove or slide or something, or and, just which is or just still... don't have the thing. I don't understand these rules. Like it's going to have to be on all the time. Well, it's because they want the Xbox on integration where you can just talk to it and it turns on. I don't. I still don't buy. Like enabling functionality does not necessitate having a rule where because that feature also, I would wish to discard and I have no need for. So why does every other aspect of the thing have to be irreparably non-functional? Just because feature A and feature B, which are obvious security risks, want to exist. Well, they would argue it's not a security risk. Right. But and that's, that's, that's the freaking scary thing about technology. I hadn't really thought about the fact that people could hack it, uh, you know, hack Microsoft systems, or that they just, you know, I mean, maybe look, Microsoft wants to look at look, us. They haven't yet, but do you have any doubt that this is going, not going to be an issue? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't. They could build against it, by the way. They could they could build it in such a way that the only thing it does while turned off is listen instead of watch. They, they could try. They could do that. But, I mean, see, the thing is, is that especially when it comes to software, like what has corporate behavior shown us in terms of security? Um, that corporate corporate is not secure (laughs) yeah they just they couldn't care less it's just they don't understand it enough and it's for whatever reason it's just it's just one of those you know what how long how much how long how much longer a minute okay you know what let's uh there's something i want to read this is really important i'd like to finish the show with this that's fine uh this is some and it'll be taking a couple more minutes that's fine but it's worth it make it happen somebody I don't even know if this is still there, um, but somebody posted uh, an incredibly elucidating comment on Gamma Sutra, and I, I'm going to read this to you, and it's a couple paragraphs, and um, I'm not going to make any claims one way or the other, but uh, let's just listen and see what this guy has to say. 
So this is a guy, um, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if it's a pseudonym or not. I'm just going to read it. And uh, if you're really uh, a sleuth, you could probably find this without too much difficulty on the internet. So this guy goes, I work for Microsoft's Xbox customer service. I was in the highest level of support that they offer and often had meetings with executives from around the company. I learned a lot about Microsoft as a company. More than anything, I learned that it is a very active and deliberate policy to prey on people's stupidity and laziness. The EULA and user license agreement for 360 and live services is designed to put sole responsibility for anything that could go wrong, like a third party hacking their devices, on the customer, not on Microsoft. The various online stores offered through the Xbox are likewise designed so that any bug or error that results in a loss to Microsoft is very quickly stamped out, while bugs that lose a customer Microsoft points were completely ignored and given no priority for long spans of time. A big part of my job was contacting customers who had just those kinds of experiences and were angry enough to go to the Better Business Bureau or the Attorney General. I was supposed to mollify, God, I love that word, these customers. But by number, one priority was to make amends by giving things away that don't cost Microsoft anything directly, like subscriptions, extended warranties. There's no doubt in my mind that they'll use the Xbox One Connect to gather as much information as they can from everyone that they can. They'll design every service to force you to opt into more. And when third parties inevitably do gain access to your Connect, those same service agreements will have taken any legal foothold out from underneath you. The scary part is they know it won't last. Something will happen that's big enough that they'll change the policy and allow people to just unplug the Connect. Eventually, they'll let people play single-player games offline and not require you to connect every day. The point is how much data they can mine before that happens and how much can they continue to squeeze out afterward. Okay. There there was something I read. I don't remember who said it, whatever, but someone from Microsoft was defending, saying, with, with regard to the Germany thing, uh, you know, we're not going to be collecting this information. Yeah. It's going to be very just, little. Just trust us. For anyone who has not directly opted in. Oh, well, there's that. and there's means an, there will be the option to just like, oh, hey, if you want yeah. this free thing, click this, this and button the, to opt in. And then in. the next question is, uh, does directly opting in mean uh, it's off by default and you turn it on or it's on by default and you find out where it is because you're a sleuth and then you Now, the Xbox will be on, but it won't collect more data than simply enough to turn the system on or just listen. Like, basically, I, I hope will, that's the it case. will operate, but it I won't hope, collect I hope, data. I, just, I hope that's true. I just don't trust them. Yeah. But, you know, like, even, even my, everybody is like, hey, do you want to help us out by allowing us to collect anonymous information? And you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, often always, say, I often say no. but yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, no. Yeah, I just don't because I don't want to waste the bandwidth. Why, why that's, bother? There's no, that's exactly yeah. right. We have Apple's every not, reason to opt out and no reason to opt yeah. in. Apple's not going to improve iTunes because it saw that mine crashed yeah. the same way yeah. all the time, which actually doesn't crash no, all your, often. Your data they're not, is not going to improve anything for you. Yeah. Sending it to them. Ever. Anyway, thank you for listening to this extended, slightly extended version of uh, Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Don't forget Facebook.com slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. I have to prepare you. Remember I said, I'm going on a trip, going to Iceland. We're going to not have a show for two weeks uh, in June. 
So be ready for that. We'll see what happens. I should probably talk to you about that. Probably. Before I tell the crowd. But uh, maybe. Maybe we'll have a show. I'll be gone in Iceland. It'll be fun. But for the next couple of weeks, we do have a show. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.